You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Davis here at the Locked On Nationals podcast. On today's show, Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies joins me to preview the Nationals Phillies series coming up this week. Hope you all enjoy. All right, Phillies meet the Nationals. You know what that, that means? Our good old friend Dan Wilson is back. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Nationals. Joining me is Dan Wilson, the host of Locked On Phillies, another crossover edition. Um, Dan, either the last time we spoke or the time before, uh, I got a negative review because we mentioned Texas basketball. Uh, I'm sure you recall that. So I'm going to start off this with a non-baseball-related question. Have you seen the show Ted Lasso? I have not, but I hear good things. You sh- you should watch it. Uh, if you just want to feel better about yourself, you should watch it. That's my that's my big thing. It's you know what it is. It is the it is the television show for people who are in the sports community. It's like it's like the hot television show. It's, it's you know. Friday Night Lights back in the day was a hot show. Um, I'm trying to think what else was a sports community related show. Um, can't really think of any other ones, but this one is the show for people who cover sports. You know what I found myself watching earlier in the pandemic was Ballers, and I got I got really into mm. that. I don't, I don't know if you were a fan. It's the, yeah, the show with The Rock, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I made it through three seasons of that, and then I ended up kind of tailing off of it a little bit. But yeah, I was super into that. I've been told it's basically just like the sports version of entourage i got super mm-hmm. into cobra kai which i guess you know karate is a sport uh, so i i watched all of that or i have watched all of that so i have far. not seen that is it worth watching yes it is so if i watch ted lasso you have to watch cobra kai all um, right we'll, we'll and, the, and the funny thing is i've never even seen the original karate kid movie so now i have to like go back and watch that but i have not seen it either if, you, if you're gonna see a karate movie you got to see Bloodsport, which is, I, I, in my opinion, is the best, is, is one of the best, honestly, it's one of the best sports movies. Um, John claude Van Damme, one of the worst actors ever. I mean, this guy cannot act worth a lick, but looks incredible and kicks a lot of ass in that movie. So that's a must watch. All right, quick pause for the cause and some good news. We have some new sponsors, which is always a lot of fun. So you guys get to hear about some of our new sponsors today. One of the new sponsors of this show and will be for a while is Sports Trade. So how it works, have you guys heard of Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood, but for fantasy sports, their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports and they just added a baseball section to the platform. So check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is as simple as player values rising and falling based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy sports in that game. Then more points scored, higher hour to value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with a huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who has always been a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares as you'd like and as many players as you like, just like the stock market. 
then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Go right now to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up and get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new way of sports trading. This is truly an evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the game at sportstrade.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Credit Karma. New friends. We love all the new friends that we have here. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for the many good money habits that you have. Who doesn't want instant gratification? And if you're looking for the satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you should be able to uh, get crash, cash reimbursements for debit card purchases. Credit Karma is a new, brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. You can use your Credit Karma Money debit card. You can win easily, daily, instant karma purchases and reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for the free account and win Instantly, that's creditkarma.com slash win money, creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, back to my conversation with Dan Wilson previewing the Nationals and Phillies series. I guess, I mean, that, that, you know, Sports, there's your segue. Uh, we're going into now uh, baseball talk. So the Nationals play the Phillies. And at this point in time, the Phillies are what? A game out of first place right now in the National League East. As I pull up uh, the standings, the the, um, the Phillies are three games – excuse me. Nationals are three games out. The Phillies are just a game out. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. I was going to say you're you're saying the Phillies being a game out of first place as if that's some of their own doing. I'm I'm pretty sure everyone in the NL East is essentially a game out. I know the Nationals are technically three games out, three and a half, three and a half, it, three and a half. So everyone's still in this division, which is means something and it means nothing. It means no one has gone run away with this division. This division that we all thought would be good. We're sitting here on May 11th, and it's fairly mediocre. Fairly, everyone's kind of just treading water at this point. Someone's going to go on a winning streak at some point. Thought for a hot sec last week, it might be the Phillies. They rattled off five in a row. They go down to Atlanta, a place they could never win, and beat them 12 to two. First time they'd scored double digits all season long. And I was feeling good about the Phillies. And then they decided to, they were strike away from winning on Saturday. And they decided to throw a fastball to Pablo Sandoval on a one two pitch. He smacks it over the fence. Then they blew another save in the 11th and in the 12th. It was just, there's been a lot of bad Phillies losses uh, over the past couple of years. Last year, 19, 18, this was as bad as any of them. It took about five hours to play, and then they just had nothing left on Sunday. It, it It's just unbelievable the way this team sometimes finds ways to lose games. And it's like that one loss morally undid the five wins they had. I know it doesn't really work like that in the standings, right. but people who have watched this team day in and day out, such as myself and the fan base are like, you know, here we go again. You can't really get super into the team from a belief standpoint because 
you know, after there's a winning streak, there's some brutal stretches of losing coming right behind it. And it seems like it's just a break even team. It seems like a 500 team, a, a team destined to kind of just tread water. They were winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one for the longest time. Couldn't win more than two in a row. They rattle off five in a row, and then they lose two more. And this team still can't figure out ways to consistently well, win on the road. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. It's the yeah. fact that they're really good on the road and they're bad at home. Or excuse me, they're really bad on the road and they're good at home. Well, so that's just it. They were a strike away from winning a road series. But they did. The and, and then they and, they, and, they, and then they didn't. And now and now they <laughs> lost two games. And now they have two more chances to do it. I, I think they actually have a good I'll get your take on the Nationals this year. I think they have a good chance to do it down in D.C. in these three games and then and a big series. They haven't stepped on the field with the Nats yet. They got three in Dunedin against the Blue Jays. So two more shots at this, but they still can't win a road series. And you're right. They've been very good at home, very bad on the road. And it's just that's not going to good teams need to tread water on the road and be very good at home. And they're a, a real step behind. And this dates back years that this team can't find ways to win away from Citizens Bank Park and Atlanta, especially it's Freddie Freeman comes in cold. The team comes in cold and the Braves, their eyes must just light up when they see the Phillies on the schedule because Freeman knows he's getting his act together. The team knows they're getting their act together. And if history is any indicator, they'll rattle off like eight out of their next 11 here and run away with the National League East. And we can all thank the Phillies for that. Well, here's what's interesting. So, and I feel like this is true across the National League East. Now, I'm looking now at the Phillies schedule, and, and I invite you to go look at the National schedule. These teams have had brutal stretches, absolutely brutal. So, you know, I know the Braves' record's not good yet, but the Braves are good. The Braves I, are a good baseball team. So, I, I hear you. I, if you want to be a good team, you're going to have to play these teams eventually. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I, and, off, the, off the bat, having to play really difficult teams no, is not like the, no, the most advantageous. It's true. And then, but also you, you're getting the Braves at a time when they're vulnerable. Like this was a chance to beat the Braves because if they're hitting their stride in July or August and September, when this team plays well down the stretch of a season, they're even more difficult to beat. It's funny. I was, I had the opportunity. I mentioned this on my, uh, I actually recorded a podcast earlier today and then this will be my second of the day, but the idea of I was on a little uh, self plug here. I, w- I was producing WIP last night. We were kind of speculating. One of the topics of the night was why this team, every time the Phillies get stuck on national TV or just in a big game, especially on the road, this team seems to come up smaller. And a theory that uh, kind of was being worked uh, was that a theory that was kind of being worked at this point was that this roster, as it's currently constructed, is a number of guys who have basically no history of winning. I mean, Jay Tyrrell Muto regarded as the best catcher in baseball has never been on a winning team. Bryce Harper's never been out of the division series. Zach Wheeler watched as the Mets went to the world series. Jose Alvarado was kept off the world series roster, but it's basically a lot of guys who you think are good or have a lot of experience. Even Andrew McCutcheon, it doesn't have a ton of experience going deep into the postseason. I don't th- believe he's ever been past the, the, the division round. Gene Segura has never had real postseason experience so there's not a lot of big games or a lot of postseason contention experience on this team and really what who was supposed to make up for that is the manager and joe girardi and and again the state's back well before him but i view it as he was hired if nothing else as a clubhouse guy a guy who's supposed to manage humans maybe a little bit better than gabe kapler's but a guy who's supposed to 
basically fill that void. This guy's won a World Series. This guy's managed in a lot of big games in Yankee Stadium. And yet every time they go down into it and they were playing in a raucous crowd in Atlanta, they're going. I mean, it's basically normal down there. It's full capacity, no masks. They're loud. It's a very tough place to play. And every single time they find themselves in a big game, whether it's national TV or a big divisional opponent or on the road, they need to come up with a win. They seem to come up small and they seem to consistently come up small in these moments. And, and no one's a better maybe metaphor microcosm of that than a guy like Aaron Nola, who is consistently regarded by many as the ace of the staff. But what some other people, including myself, sometimes hesitate to say that for is he hasn't been good down the stretch in September's. He hasn't really proven to be a stopper. He goes out, can only get through 58 pitches on Sunday night baseball, and the Phillies get a one nothing lead. And then he basically lets the game slip right away in the first, letting a huge, what was it, four or five runs? Four or five, yeah. I was, I was yeah, watching yeah. that game, yeah. In the first inning. And you're saying, like, this team just never has it. They never seem to rise to the occasion. They don't have saying, that punch. They don't have that punch where it's like, you and, know. And I, and I don't think that's as you don't usually we don't usually talk about that as as big a deal in baseball as say in basketball right. where, we, where we rank guys legacies by their rings and this guy's been to this level of the playoffs or quarterbacks who have been there like this that's the clear leader of the team even Bryce Harper as I mentioned although he was he was on the, all those Nats teams that kept losing in the first round like yeah. these guys know a lot of losing and there's a lot of failing in baseball but there's no one who really has any history of success other than the manager and yet the team still seems unprepared for the moment, time in and time out. So I don't know what that tells you other than like, it's just something preventing them from well, getting over the hump. I, I think what it shows you is that, is that they've got a little bit more to go than what we thought at the beginning of the season, because and I think that's true across the board. I mean, I, I feel like with what's happened so far this year, that this was a great opportunity for a lot of teams to get ahead of the Braves really we, you and I have talked about this too it's, it's sitting it was, right there it's sitting right there but here's but here's here's Dan what it's turned out to be is everybody is just sitting there waiting for the Braves to catch them is what it's turned into and in some yeah, respects and, you know, and, the, and the Braves too, are going to run away hot. with the like at this rate the Braves are going to run away with the division anyway because everyone has let them it was four runs in that first inning by the way I yeah it was the, the fifth run Freddie Freeman again getting hot at just when he in time to play the Phillies hits a home run in the third inning and then they ended up winning the game six to one and the Phillies were just were never in it past the first inning and you could feel it and it was a it was a carryover from the night before and it's just unbelievable how fast that series switched if, if you had asked someone to make I don't know what kind of odds you could have gotten on the Phillies winning the series seriously when they were up one two on Pablo Sandoval or what kind of odds you could have got on the Braves Winning, winning the series, series right, winning the right, series. Right, right, they're right, down to their final strike, down two runs. I mean, ser I mean, seriously, and they managed to claw their way back. It's just incredible. It, like, the statistical odds of that happening would be would be quite quite great. And I want to mention I want to mention this the schedule though is that they they've played so the Phillies have played nine with Atlanta, and so far in those nine games are a total of five and four. So actually, they're they're above five hundred against the Braves now. In their that last six games, the sweep. So in, the, in the last six, the they're two series. and four. In the last in the last six, they're two and four. They have played the Mets 
nine times. And against the Mets, I think they're what? They're three and six. That's a, that's a bugaboo. Uh, that's a bad one for you guys. And then they played the and, and by the way, the, the rain saved them from going three and seven. They had to climb yes. in that third. I, I, well, and also the, the rain saved them from three and seven, and the DeGrom in the first game could have flipped. So you could be staring at potentially a two and eight. All right, you've played the Cardinals six times. You've played the Brewers four times. The only and, – and oh, by the way – And they actually the, have the winning Giants. records. They have the winning Giants records well. with the Cardinals and Brewers. That Giants series was not a good series yeah. for, for and The Cardinals really have not played well against the National League East. I think they've, they went two and four uh, against the Nationals. They've used, like you said, they got, um, you, got a, you guys have a winning series. I believe you guys – won what three four of four of seven against the against the the cardinals um the only gimme series you guys gimme series i put that in quotation marks the only series against a you know non um playoff contending team i guess you could say is that series they had against the rockies yeah and they lost two of three i i think yeah exactly i think and we we did talk about that that's 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 the stuff is, is won and lost but this this six game stretch is going to tell us something about the Phillies because you're coming off a tough road stretch, right? You, you, you had them dead to rights to win the series and you didn't. All right. Now you've got three against a struggling team. And then I would call Toronto a talented group. I would say it's a group that is yet to put everything together. They're 17 and 16. They they're seven and four. Um, so better. They played a ton of road games. Um, they're going to be able to put up some runs, but First things first, I, I look at this Nationals Phillies series and I see I, I look at the pitching matchups because obviously I, I think both teams are going to uh, avoid the other team's ace, if I'm correct. Um, well, Max Wheeler, pitched, Wheeler's pitching like an ace right now. That's right. So, yeah. Nola. Yeah. So it's going to be. But yeah, the, the Fetty, Phillies Lester, aren't getting Max and, and the Nats yes. aren't getting Nola. Yeah. So it's going to be Fetty, Lester and Corbin, Anderson, Wheeler and Eflin. Um, I mean, could you pick more of a crapshoot than Chase Anderson versus Eric Fetty? I, I was going to say tonight's game sounds like a battle of the bullpens pretty quickly. But it's, it's but it's it's going to be a big one. I'm, I'm telling you, it this, is a big is, one. These are huge, these are where divisions huge, are won and lost. This is a huge series because who's the end, back end of the rotation guy can go deeper. Well, the Nationals are are leaking oil in a pretty serious way. They beat the Yankees eleven to four on Friday night after a sweep. Uh, against against the Braves, they lose four three in eleven innings on Saturday, and they spin it forward to Sunday. They walk ten guys. Brad Hand blew two saves this weekend. Well, not two saves, but he he, he picked up the loss on Sunday. He blew a save on Saturday. Um, Josh, the Nationals have, are just you know have they, they the, have some serious questions. Have the Nationals blown three saves in the same game yet? To talk to me when that <laughs> happens, right? Okay, I I don't want to hear it. Until they do that, no. I'm just, I'm just. I don't, Brett, I don't even Brett remember the last time I've seen. Brett, look, the, the Nats don't have a blown save problem. It's more of Brad Hand has a Yankees problem, which is something that that predates Brad Hand on the Nationals. Luckily for Brad Hand, they don't play the Yankees that often, so he doesn't have to worry that much about that coming back to bite him. But I will say this: the you know with, with them losing five of their last six, um, you know. It's not too early to panic, but the Nationals, I know they're not full strength. And and and, and for the Phillies fans out there listening, the real story for the Nationals is the fact that Kyle Schwarber and Josh Bell were on were red hot before they and during spring training. Both got on. I think, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say both had the coronavirus because they were out 14 days 
and could even take BP, which leads me to believe that you can't be around anybody for 14 days, which means you probably had COVID. So both those guys probably got COVID and came back and have been, Schwarber, I'm not going to call horrible. Josh Bell has been outright horrible. Uh, I didn't think it would get much worse than what they got from Eric Thames last year. Outright horrible. Well, this is what I, feel, I feel so bad for him because he was, look, go look at his spring numbers. Go look at his spring numbers. The guy is about to transition from playing, you know, he's playing for a new team and all of a sudden, guess what? Can't see anybody for two weeks. They can't take BP for two weeks and we just shovel you back into the lineup. Now the excuses are over. He's been, he's been playing for a while now, but still it just, I feel so bad for a guy like him, the guy like Schwarber that's been tossed in like that, because that's not one of those things where like they're millionaires. We shouldn't feel bad for them. This is like, they're legitimately alone for weeks because they have uh, a, you know, their, their casualties, not actual casualties, but casualties of an awful virus. The final pause for the cause on today's show we are brought to you by betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. Go to betonline.ag today. Make that free account. Use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you get an extra 50. If you deposit 200, you get an extra 100, so on and so forth. NBA, NHL, MLB, boxing, MMA, horse racing, Preetness coming up. This weekend, all of those things are available. Reality TV show odds, awards television show odds, all of those things available at betonline.ag. Once again, go to the website on your tablet, mobile device, computer, make your account today. Use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on, and get that 50% deposit bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I was going to say, but this is what Josh Bell does though you know that's part of the risk not 145 has, not, not 145 it's not but what his, his, historically does. he has had really bad stretches and sometimes there's a good one that follows kyle right. schwarber at least has gotten what he's got two walk-off home runs two already this season. yes he does so he, he's got some big moments some clutch gene moments if you will but yes disappoint the offense as a whole for the nationals has been i have a question for you i actually have a question one of the nats are 29th out of 30th and run scored this year. Yeah, and they, the only team, they, and the only I team mean, below them is the Mets. I mean, they both lost in the NL East. They lost. They left um, twenty-two guys on base against the Braves. The Phillies uh, got a problem with that, also. Yeah, I, well, I mean, and, and let's be honest, Dan, the situational hitting across baseball this year has been awful. Um, they, they deadened the ball because they thought people wanted. And Jason Benetti said this the other day because they thought people wanted to see doubles and triples. Um, there's still, I mean, it seems like the only way to score runs at this point still is the home run, and we're not getting as many of them as there's we a did. Lot strikeouts of- are obviously up. This, this, this completely backfired on baseball. But I, I don't want to lament baseball. I want to ask you a question. Yes. Right? I think this is a very good way of kind of gauging where we're at. You're a Phillies fan, right? And, and it, not just just calling you a fan, but in addition to being somebody who covers a team, you're a fan. Coming into this series. From a Phillies fans' perspective, and you can, you know, I'll group all of them with you. I'm just saying, you know, but like, I feel you got a pretty the, good pulse on v- it. V- vibe of the fan base, pulse vibe of the fan, of the fan base. base. Yeah. How, what do the Phillies fans view as a series? They view as a series where they should take two of three, or they sit there and look and be like, look, we're happy with two of three because of how bad we've been on the road this year. How do Phillies fans view coming into DC this weekend? Or this so week? I'll speak for myself. First and foremost, yeah. I view it as it definitely if you can get two of three, it's a successful series. I don't know if that's necessarily the expectation. I don't think anyone has the realistic expectation or really believes in their heart of hearts that this team 
will win a road series just because they haven't done it and they've been a strike away and still couldn't pull it off. Now, the Nationals are not the team that the Braves are, in my opinion. I think they're a much more vulnerable team in last place in the National League East. You're going to not get you're not going to see Scherzer in the series. You're going to get some pitchers who the offense should score some runs against in a ballpark that is not as hard to play. Like the the opportunity is there. And so I view this as a series that the Phillies absolutely, uh, it's like another test. There's been so many countless games that it's like, if this team wants to be serious about contending, they need to win X amount of games here, X amount of games there. They're one and two on the road trip thus far. I think a two and three, maybe starting with a win tonight off of Fetty and then taking one of the next two in Nats Park would be a nice way of evening out this road trip. As funny as it sounds, keeping yourself atop the National League East or within a game of the top of the National League East. And then who knows what they'll do in Dunedin this weekend, but one series at a time. So I view this as a series that certainly the Phillies are capable of winning two out of three. They haven't proven that they can do it. I think certainly they should do it because I still hold this team into a high standard. They talk and act like this team wants to contend for the postseason. They're all in on this team contending for the postseason, given the manager they have, the president of the team that they have, the guys on the roster that they have. Like They're all in. They have guys in their primes trying to win right now. And losing two out of three in every road series just isn't going to cut it at some point. It's the first time you're seeing the Nationals. It's two teams that play each other 19 times a year. And even though the Phillies have stepped on the field nine times with the Braves and the Mets thus far, it's a bit of a fresh start. They're going to get the other teams in the division now. They got the, the Nationals here. They have the Marlins still six times this month. It's a nice chance to do some damage against the division, against a team that you have no history with as far as this season is concerned. Yeah, why not go take two of three? But I'm not going to sit here and predict that because they've shown no proof of concept as of yet. Uh, for me, it's one series of the Nationals. They have to take two of three. They have to get this thing going in the right direction. Um, against, you know, that, I mean, I guess the Phillies are what? They're two and a half games ahead of them. It would allow them to do a little bit of catching up, right? Just just in a week standpoint, um, you know, they need to because we talked about it. There's no going 1931, right? There is none of that this year. You're not, I mean, look, I, I know. Uh, the, the world, the, the, you're not the defending world champs anymore. Right. Like that, that hangover metro, metro, metrically speaking, also too, like maybe this is the year that you can go 1931 and catch up in this division. But no, I mean, anybody who thinks that this division is going to stay down forever is wrong. I want to say this. I saw our cohorts, Aram Layden and Dylan Short, saying that, oh, look, the Nationals are in last place. We kind of saw this coming. Yo, they had the coronavirus at the beginning of the season. Are you kidding me? Streamer Strasburg was out. Juan Soto got injured. Um, uh, Wander Suero was out for two weeks. Uh, still out right now. Uh, Luis Avilan, who they used a bunch, was out. Will Harris was out to begin the year. Um, you go down the lineup, they missed Josh Harrison. They missed uh, Kyle Schwarber. They missed Josh Bell. All of those guys were out of the lineup for a period of time. Paulo is Steven Strasburg out. John Lester has made two starts so far for the Nationals. They were pitching guys like Fetty. They didn't think they'd have to pitch. They were pitching uh, Apollo Espino started the game. They did not think they were going to have to go that route at one point in time. So all things considered, and once again, go look at who they've had to play. Uh, go, go look at their schedule. It's been absolutely brutal. So miss me with that st- stuff. Also, they played the Marlins last week and swept them. Very, might, might add com- quite comfortably. I would be the very... Game. I would be very happy if the Phillies did that. They have 
three on they the road. Can, the, the, Marlins, the Marlins had nothing for them. Nothing for them. Yeah, well, well, they, they always slept ha- their ass out, out of D.C. Easy money. So I don't want to hear this crap of the Nationals being the worst team. If you've watched the game so far this year, this incomplete Nationals team took it to the Marlins last week. So, look, the Nationals, are they one of the best teams in the division at this point in time? No, they're not. But they're not the worst. Well, who would you rather play, Dan? Who would you rather play? Do you ever play the Nats or the Marlins? If I'm the Phillies? Yes. The Nats, because they can't figure out how to beat the Marlins. That's – no. Well, yeah, yeah okay. Okay. This, this team doesn't know how to win Ob- a Marlins objective, Objectively speaking, you'd you think, you think that the, the better team of the two is the I Nats. will say the Marlins are – Would you rather face Juan Soto or Starling Marte? Starling Marte. I mean, Trey, come on. Tr- <laughs> Trey Turner or Jazz Chisholm? I know. Jazz jazz is, I, I, I know. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So I just want to just make a point here. Yeah. Th- thanks for clarifying that. I will say the Marlins are the only team in this division thus far with a positive, positive run, differential. run differential. They smacked a few teams a couple times. There you go. That's what I mean. But every other team is literally riding in the negatives, like in the red when it comes to run differential. If, run if differential that, means nothing. If that matters to you. If that uh, matters but, here's, you. but here's the thing, Dan. You can lose a game 16 to 1. It still counts as one loss. And I, you, I hear you win the game the next day, two to one. You still one and one. Over the course of the season, I think it speaks to something at least. Yes, but we're still we're still early. We're on still it. early. I get it. But for the sample size we have, if we're judging this sample size, the Marlins have actually put up some runs. Yes. Now, in terms of, so I'm looking at this this May schedule for the Phillies: three in DC, four in Miami. That I was talking about how the Phillies can't win in Atlanta. It's typically a raucous crowd. On the flip side of that, well, they, uh, let's mention they, there's actually a crowd. Like a, there, there, is, a, there is a 100% crowd. There's a 100% crowd in Atlanta. No mass, no nothing. It's just it's just normal. No mass. They're no, going none. they're not going one. down to Miami for for and that place. Not only can they never win when it's a full house, they also can't win in ballparks when there's nobody there. Like they never get a spark when there's no energy. So I don't you know, which side is it? Can they not? Can they literally just not win away from their stadium? They seem yeah. to crumble in the moment when the crowd and everyone is against them and the lights are the brightest. But they also seem to crumble in games when it feels like nobody is watching because the team just looks dead. There's a bad road team. They're, 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 maybe, they're, maybe there's a bad, bad road team, team and I'm just like trying to find right, right now. Right now, Dan, Dan, Dan. Right now, they're a bad road team. They're a team. But even just right five. now, it dates back years. I mean, yeah. Look, that's they. They are a team that always is a really. They've got a really good home crowd. They've got a good ballpark and. You know, there is a huge difference. Like playing the Phillies at Citizens Bank always feels difficult, no matter what the Phillies record is. Honestly, it's me being honest. I really do believe that. Playing the Phillies at Citizens Bank in the summer, good crowd, decent team, still feels like a challenge. Now you get the you, you get the Phillies out of Citizens Bank Park. You're all you're, and this is how I think about it as a as a as a Nationals observer, um, and potential fan of, of a, a National East team. I, I think Philly's away from home. I'm always thinking two and three. I'm always thinking two and three. Obviously, yeah, well, well, the, the Phillies go one another every day. Away. They're thinking about giving away two of three also. So we're, we're on the same page. Um, so prediction for this series, Dan, just so we can wrap this up. I know, I know you, I get you get, get you going out of here. Uh, I have the Nats winning two of three because they have to. It's not me being a Nats homer. I thought they'd lose to it, just full disclosure. I thought Atlanta would take two of three. Uh, I thought the Yankees would take two of three, and they they went one and five. So they actually underperformed uh, in that sense. I think the Nationals have got to get two of three. I think they get two of three here against the Phillies, who don't necessarily need it as bad as the Nats do. I'd love to say that the Phillies – I mean, it feels like 
the Phillies need two of three. No, I, 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 yeah, I get that, yeah. I'd love to believe that the Phillies will get two of three because they need it and they rise to the occasion. The history just isn't there. You're probably right. They probably find a way to lose two or three of these games and just be annoying because they still can't do it. I really hope they get two of three. Probably feels like one of three. It's just me being honest. And, and they'll win one of these first two games and somehow David Hale find himself pitching in a high leverage situation late in the series because they've run through this bullpen. That's how they lost that Sunday game in Colorado, by the way. He's in with the bases loaded, serves up a grand slam to Trevor Story. Again, I get you're running out of bullpen options, but there were guys who were down, and you want to manage these innings that did not make any sense. And I'm telling you, some of these moves that Joe Girardi makes in games leave you head-scratching. So the other night, and again, you wouldn't have necessarily noticed this because there was a lot going on in that game in 12 innings, and there were storylines left and right that I thought got buried because of what happened late in this game Girardi in the seventh I believe it was made a double switch he took Gene Segura who's been like the team's hottest hitter out of the game he he or yeah he he took Segura out of the game left Scott Kingry in the game who was double switched in earlier like an inning before and they stuck Alec Bohm at first Rather than subbing in Andrew Knapp, rather than subbing in Reese Hoskins, who was having a second off day, and again, he's slumping again. But Scott Kingery, basically because of Joe Girardi's double switches, got three at-bats in a close game the other night, in a game he had no business in playing. He doesn't look like he belongs in the major leagues right now. Like, I view that as you gave away three at-bats in a tight game. And I, I just didn't understand why he picked a division game to give Hoskins the off day. Again, I get he's struggling. They moved him down in the lineup on Sunday. They hit him seventh, but he had the off day earlier in the week. He certainly, I don't think anyone would argue even him slumping is not a better option than Scott Kingery. They subbed in Nick Maton. They found a way to get him in the game. Who's been good, but subbing out Segura, not having him for his offense, especially late in that game did not make a lot of sense to me. There's a lot of head scratching decisions. He's gone to David Hale in some spots that he doesn't belong in. And that's why I was so happy that they finally won a blowout game on Friday because this team literally tied a franchise record with seven consecutive one-run games. And so they had guys pitching well above their pay grade, and sometimes they get away with it. They got a, they held on to win last week against the Brewers, and there was a game where Eniel De Los Santos and Matt Moore both gave you scoreless innings. Now, those guys are not going to lock it down for you every time. It was De Los Santos who ultimately blew the game in the 12th the other night. But between Kingery getting multiple at-bats, David Hale coming in in a high-leverage spot in Colorado, this team sometimes just looking unprepared, the mental errors. I, I Everyone wanted JT Romuto here all offseason. I thought he called a, frankly, horrible pitch to Sandoval. Like, I, I really don't understand it. I don't know if that's him just having a brain fart or lack of preparation or just not knowing the situation or knowing Sandoval or what it is, but it's happened time in and time out against Girardi that a mental blunder against the Mets on Sunday night baseball with Reese Hoskins. Like this happens a lot. And whether it's the physical moves he makes in game or sometimes just the blunders fit bad defense, physical blunders. You had texted me that the worst defense you've ever seen in a major league game. It was the worst defense I've ever seen in the major was, league game. Was the Phillies on Sunday night baseball against the Mets. And I don't have a good retort to that. I can't think of an example that was worse. It looked pretty damn bad. And so there's just been a lot of, a, a lot of people who, you know, are fans of the podcast have told me that maybe I come off as a little hard on Girardi, but I, excuse me for having high expectations for a guy who has won the World Series before, is the only 
experienced winner in that clubhouse at all. And it just doesn't, it doesn't rub off. Like it just, I don't see it at all. Sometimes he makes moves that it doesn't really, that doesn't really make sense. And I think, all right, well, he knows what he's doing. And then it comes back to bite him in the ass. I just don't get it. Dan, a lot of frustration. It sounds like Philly's going to get some wins for you. Uh, where do people find you in the podcast? Yeah, of course. So uh, at LO underscore Phillies is, of course, where you can follow the podcast. At Dan underscore Wilson four is where you can follow my own work. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on. The podcast, working at WIP here in Philadelphia, which is a job that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of still, you know, working my way up. And it's been a lot of fun getting to work there. I just make corny jokes about sports, about Philadelphia sports, whatever it is. It, it's a good time. So uh, good time. C- come follow the podcast. Come follow myself on Twitter. Again, that's at Dan underscore Wilson four. I'm at Josh neighbors underscore. You can follow the podcast at L O underscore nationals and L O big 12. He wants big 12 talk. Uh, it sounds like Apple podcast is getting their S H I T together. So that means the podcasts. What does that spell neighbors? I don't, I don't know how to, uh... that is shit. That is what it spells. Locked on Nationals podcast is available and Locked on Phillies podcast should be available once again in the Apple podcast. I know you've been skipping episodes, but you can get both find them there. Dan Wilson, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Josh.